0: Hello, and welcome to Housewives and Me, a podcast about why we love the real housewives. I'm your host Connor Bean, and thank you so much for joining me for another new episode in a January that has felt about 800 years long and we're only what, 2 weeks in, not even. I to say I can't would be an understatement, but I hope you're doing well and finding pockets of joy where you can despite the fact that every time we open a social media, the uh, The world seems to be burning around us, but we won't dwell on that because this is a podcast about the Real Housewives and not the world around us. (laughs) Thank God. And there's been plenty of Real Housewives stuff to distract us. Obviously, Atlanta is back after the Christmas break. OC is sort of wrapping up. Dallas returned early going into the new year, and we'll have a second episode of that this week, I think. So there's plenty to be distracted by in the Real Housewives world. Of course, Salt Lake City. Hello, how could I forget? Uh, we get into some of that with this week's guest, the amazing Tara Flynn. We talk mainly about Beverly Hills, uh, New York, a bit of Atlanta in there, and Tara has gotten into Salt Lake City as well. It was such a joy to talk to her, and like all the chats I've got to have so far, stuff came up that hasn't come up in other episodes, and I love how each interview I get to do on the show is... a. Uh, different from the last and that is such a joy so without any further ado here is this week's guest on housewives and me it's tara flynn My guest today is an actor and writer from Ireland has famous from everything from viral skits about racist B&B owners to campaigning for marriage equality referendums and of course the repeal referendum as well. She has written books like Your Grand and Raging. She has a comedy background as well. She is a voiceover artist so you might even recognise her dulcet tones today. And much to my delight, she is also a fan of The Real Housewives. Tara Flynn, welcome to Housewives and Me.
1: I have never been so excited, ever, (laughs) on anything. (laughs) This is so good. Like, (laughs) this is just the best day of my life. Because The Real Housewives... Now, I'm not as... I've been listening to your podcast, and I'm not as forensic. I'm not an academic like many of your guests. (laughs) I have been there from the beginning. Like, when I was living in London back in... Oh, sort of, we moved back in 2011, so it was before that. And just watching on whatever source I could find it on yes yes um, that's what
0: it used to be like wasn't it you had to hunt it down
1: you had to hunt it down and I think it was I actually think it was because my husband Carl who I think you've met Connor, but he's from Los Angeles originally and I think I went on a hunt for California he was there at one stage and I went oh you know what I kind of think I'll watch something about California what's out there and I yes. found Orange County
0: and hmm, Interesting. Interesting. You're like, I'm going to watch a documentary about, about California. Here's the Real size of yes, Orange County. A
1: serious <laughs> documentary about California. Uh, so yeah, I got into it then and then it was sort of like, oh, there's a Beverly Hills one. Oh, there's a New York one. But yes. as, as you've said on other podcasts, it was really like... Having to hunt it down, no one else seemed to have heard of it except me. Um, and and then, like you'd, you'd watch it, and the lights would dim. It was so dodgy, whatever you were getting. Yes, was. yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's all so weird. But then the other side of that is, it's so long ago since I've watched them. I was listening to stuff your your other guests have been saying and going. Oh my God, I remember watching that now, but I completely buried, like my own, like embarrassing moments in my own life, I buried <laughs> them <laughs> in the in the depths of my memory. But yeah, so they've been around a long time in my life um, and I've always been grateful for them because they're usually there when things are a little bit low.
0: Yes that's interesting because I mean you you said you listened to a few episodes and I feel like anyone who's listened to the show even once now will have noticed whenever I say to someone so how did you get into this it almost always comes up because someone was going through it in their personal life or they needed escapism even the fact that in 2020 so many people got involved via Netflix because we all needed escapism so was it a case of you had moved you mentioned it was in London was it because living in London was a bit stressful or was it like what, what were times where you've gone back to Housewives?
1: Well, after you talked about the campaigns there briefly, but after repeal, I was just a big heap on the floor and the housewives Mm -hmm. were there for me. I fell into their spangly arms and (laughs) I was very happy to. uh, From a great height, I fell. Um, So it was, yeah, it was a very, very tricky time. And uh, same as early lockdown, actually. And so it's it's interesting to hear people talking about that sort of thing and needing that escapism then. But I think when you are no or you're sort of low or you're in shock or anything like that you just need something very um very escapist and even reading I couldn't read I couldn't write I couldn't read let alone write like I couldn't I couldn't do anything and it was just lovely to go somewhere sunny not always New York can be cold um (laughs) (laughs) in more ways than one um uh, but it was just lo- it's lovely to watch other people doing things when you're incapable. <laughs> and I think yeah during lockdown we've all gone well oh god I'd love to be going to a gala event that I'm pretending I've just pulled out of my arse two days ago but it's actually been in the works for six months Um I'm just thinking about having a casual little do next week <laughs> I wonder if you girls oh, yeah. are to come <laughs> yeah, yeah yes, it's fifty thousand yeah. dollars and a an nice sculpture but um <laughs> But yeah, so it's it's brilliant when you're feeling low or knocked down yourself to to be able to hand over to other people and have them do things at the most extreme and OTT end.
0: Yes, and actually that's such a good point, isn't it? Because it's also it's not just the fact that the shows are glamorous and there's events and it's glitzy. It's also that, I mean, for the most part, some of the behavior is a bit questionable. And it's like, if you need escapism, there's also something about watching people behave I guess badly where you're like I would never do that and off you go I'm going to watch you do it instead like you are living vicariously through their messiness
1: or or looking back as I said and looking at those old memories you've you've repressed and gone oh yeah crying in restaurants yeah, defo me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so Mary. glad. <laughs> no, so I would never do that. It's not something I can usually say about anything <laughs> at this stage of my mad life. But uh, yeah, it is lovely to hand over and just go, oh, off you go, lads. Please enjoy. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 kind of, there's something nice about knowing as well that they are in some way supported, that they've signed up for this. So if they're choosing to show these bits, that they it's not exploitative in that way, like a lot of reality TV can be, and where people mm-hmm. are pitted against each other, this has a bit of a through line. We know it's partly at least scripted, and that they're they're showing up. They're they're benefiting by being there in many ways. So if they have a bit of a meltdown, it might be a bit embarrassing, but they know what they're doing. And so it's not like watching a pal having a meltdown and kind of going, oh, God, how am I going to help them through this? You know, they're going to bounce back. You know that they've got they they know what they're doing in many cases.
0: You're, you feel like as much as it's a reality show and they're real people, you also feel like you're kind of watching a soap opera and they're all kind of they're kind of archetypes of themselves and the best reality stars know when to turn it on and off so as you say there is a safety to it whereas if you were at dinner and one of your friends sobbed into the linguine you might be like oh this is awful but on housewives you're like well at the reunion we'll get into why that happened like you know, it's yeah. a bit safer <laughs>
1: it's a bit safer and again crying into the linguine me in there done that
0: <laughs> many cities around the world so what cities do you watch regularly I'm guessing like New York you mentioned but are there any ones that yeah. you watch regularly and do you dip in out of others what's your viewing habit like
1: the ones I watch most regularly as soon as they go up um, would be on Hey You or wherever it'd be somewhere like it uh, be something like it would be New York and Beverly Hills because I want my reality TV as far from my own reality as possible I, you know, they, their budgets are so huge. There's so little reality to it at all in terms of most other people's everyday lives. I don't want to be hearing about mortgages and problems that other than who's going to <laughs> who's beefing with who. Like it's 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 got to be that real escapism and and that glam, those kinds of places that most of us don't go regularly. We want to see those and and get to live vicariously in that way. But so I'll visit them the most. But I've kind of dipped in and out of many of them. I know you've been getting into Potomac. I haven't been able to get into it yet. Um okay. but Yeah, I haven't. But I have been dipping in, dipping the toe into the lake, into Salt Lake City. And that is oh. that is grabbing me much harder now than Potomac did. And
0: what is it about Salt Lake City that you're into? Because I think I would love to hear your take on it because I feel like there are people watching this year who are very new to Housewives, whereas people who've watched it for a long time, Salt Lake City feels, it reminds me of the past and it feels very modern as well.
1: Yeah, the, the, I think the things that are kind of like the past about it, like early Orange County would be, it's sort of people's own homes and they're not big yeah. show home homes. They're, they're big and they're fancy, but they're, they're of a particular kind of a style. They're more like mountain or or more country style homes uh, they're not as glitzy, they're not as I mean they're still very fancy. but it sort of does feel like there's a an innocence to it in that way and yet they know the format really well so they know when to produce, uh, some tears at a party, or some accusations of incest, or whatever—the <laughs> usual, just you fun know, stuff
0: between friends. We've all been there, am I right, ladies? Huge,
1: the huge. <laughs> the huge. Um, so I think there is that lovely mix in that in that way. Also, there's that faith perspective, and that's an interesting take. That's something you don't see in the others, which are a lot of it is about money and property and uh, and material stuff. And then this one, there is that faith aspect, and some of them are more adhering to their faith than others. But for me, someone who doesn't believe, it's interesting, and I have great respect for people who go, I'm going to go to church, and then they start crying when the friend says, I'll come with them. And you're like, wow, this is just... This is yeah. quite cool, but it's different than what we see in Another Housewife. So I'm I'm into that.
0: When it was announced that they were doing a Salt Lake City franchise, everybody immediately are they just all going to be Mormon? Will they be able to drink? And I do like that. Not only is it, are there obviously a lot of people on the show who, who are either Mormon or were or dealing with their relationship with their people from other backgrounds, but they are talking about religion and what it means to people in a way that I feel like on other Housewives shows, usually if they're religious, they just say, I'm Christian and I believe in God and that's about it. Whereas this, they are kind of, down in the weeds, going. Well, this person's from this background, and this person converted to this because of their husband. It's. It is from that point of view. It is a very different beast to other housewives shows, which I think is the beauty of it. Because yeah, when people don't when people don't watch housewives, they kind of think isn't all the same? I'm like, no. Each city is actually so different to, to any other one.
1: So different that the flavors in each city are completely different. And what I do like about this is that, as you say, even if the people that you're you're focusing on this particular scene or other that they're not practicing, they're. Still defined by the fact that they're not they're still having to say that I don't practice yeah. anymore or this is why I left the church or um and it's yeah it's kind of fascinating I know nothing about Salt Lake City so it's it's uh I probably still don't people in Salt Lake City probably go you still don't <laughs> yes yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I yeah. don't
1: care as far as I'm concerned now I can give guided tours <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's even like, well, I love like watching Housewives in New York, but sometimes I'm like, I've been to New York a few times and that was not my experience. I love New York, but like that is not where I would go to hang out. That is not where I'm having dinner. Like, it's just funny. You're like, what world is this?
1: My husband's from Los Angeles. He's from uh, he's from South Los Angeles, he's from, from Inglewood, California. And uh, like the L.A. that we go to whenever we get to go is like. It's not like that at all, and I've been to some. Been lucky enough because I'm I'm in the sort of uh, acting and writing biz that I you know kind of get to know a couple of people, and you might end up at someone's someone well known's home, and it's never yes. like these homes. It's never like that, um, and they could be big, big enough, well known people, but they just don't live the way the housewives live. So even if you go to LA a bit or know that city, which I do relatively well, uh, it's like. I don't know that bit. This is so cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next time you're going to, i like, be like, Carl, any chance you can get me over to Lisa Vanderpump's gaff? You're going to be like, what can we do? Putting the heads together, going, I know this person, you know this person, let's get into
1: Villa Rosa for the afternoon. I know, it would be gas. It's, it's funny, actually, because... Um, I I did ask Carl when we first went on our honeymoon trip. So we stayed in a Mercury motel. Our friends gifted us the flight. And what we spent the money on was a convertible Mustang. So we were driving around. It was lovely. It was my first trip ever to LA. We were already married. I'd never been. So Carl was showing me around and everything. And actually it was kind of funny because, and just to show the disparity in the way the city works, I said, uh, you know, I'd love to go to Bel Air. I'd love to see the crazy houses. I'd love to see those manicured lawns and the ever-going sprinklers and and carl was like oh um and because carl is is black and he was like i don't want to get pulled over by the cops with you in the car and i was like and stupid egypt white girl was going why would you get pulled over by the cops we're just driving around and he was like no it was it was just really interesting because i was in my sort of let's just drive through Bel Air. And he was like, that's not going to be so easy for me, but it was, so it was a great lesson in, in my own white privilege, but I still at some stage, I did manage to get in at one stage and just drive around and see all the manicured lawns and all that. And it is bonkers. It just looks like a postcard. And honestly, not like somewhere. I think many people would choose to live. And I think a lot of people, especially in the industry, they don't live places like that anymore. They live in North Hollywood. They live in Silver Lake or Echo Park. Um, areas of LA where they can A get a bit more bang for their property book and B there's more of a, an actual community there's more of not to do down Beverly Hills or Bel Air and people who do live there I'm not saying that you don't have a community I'm saying that you can't really walk for your pint of milk and um, there are other communities where you can and it seems like in the industry there's more of a shift towards that. That said do I love my little holiday to Beverly Hills with my ladies, as Carl calls them, every few months? Yes, <laughs> I love my holidays. <laughs> my sitting on my own couch in Dublin.
0: <laughs> I love that he calls them your ladies because I'm like that. My, sometimes my friends. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm watching my stories, and it's me with an air of housewives. Like, do not speak to me. No texts are being answered for 45 minutes. Speak to someone else.
1: Yeah, what? What do you want? <laughs> I'm in LA I'm at a gala event And does Carl ever watch them with you
0: Or is it kind of like I'm going to watch this right one It's my me time Like I'll talk to you in a little bit
1: It's kind of It's kind of my me time I have tried to bring him in A couple of times Now he will sometimes watch Beverly Hills with me Over my shoulder Because he knows Some of the characters already Like he'd know who Lisa Rinna was Or uh, Denise mm. Richards more recently And of course that was all So fascinating and strange um, yeah, In the most very. recent But so he'll watch that. Sort of thing over my shoulder um and i am as well i'm sort of drawn in terms of personalities i am drawn to people in the industry as well i loved garcelle recently she's you know working and still working and making making her own stuff and you're kind of like those are the people i'm most fascinated by um fascinated by the oc ladies who who just lunch and and then say they have a business because they they put their name over a restaurant that sort of thing leaves me a bit cold so I'm more fascinated by the people who are still working at what they do
0: I was going to actually ask you about that because you obviously you mentioned you know you work as you write and you act and you are kind of in like a film and television here and you've worked out in other places I mean do you do you feel not an I guess an affinity for some of the people on even Beverly Hills because Garcelle, as you said, is a working actor who's always doing something. And Lisa Rinna, they joke about it, but she is the consummate host. Or even Denise is always off doing bits and bobs, which is why I think she was getting pissed off with the show. Do you ever kind of go, "Yeah, I get it." Actually, it's hard to balance these things. Are you like this is so removed from my experience of being an actor and a writer? uh
1: it's there's there's a lot to to relate to I mean that they, you know I wouldn't have personal assistance or any of those sorts of things um, and they'd be in a totally different sphere uh, but at the same time there is that stuff about having to hustle as you get older doing different things reinventing yourself all that stuff that Rin has been doing and that's kind of you go well fair play to you girl get on that shopping channel shake that you know, play suit, whatever it is. You're <laughs> you know,
0: dusters. She's on dusters.
1: <laughs> so fair play. I mean, I, I honestly do really admire that. And I think even being on housewives itself is a kind of, it's kind of a brave move because it will, it will bring you into the public eye. It won't necessarily get you acting roles. It might even shut some down. So it's a choice that I think I think if you're well enough established, like someone like Garcelle is and Lisa Rinna, that you're you're just going to keep going, th- then it will it will raise your cultural capital. It'll raise your celebrity capital, but it might make some people it, it won't, you might not get seen for certain things then. And that's so it's interesting to me who does choose to do these things and who survives that then?
0: Yeah, that's so true, actually, because. You know, I'm sure it's pitched to existing, you know, because there are people who do reality shows who are just wealthy, but not famous. And there are existing celebrities who, who go into that arena. And you're right. I think for every opportunity, they get to maybe plug something on Instagram and get money for that. I'm sure there's a casting director who goes, yeah, we're just not looking at we're not looking at reality stars right now. Like, I'm sure it opens doors and I'm sure it closes the doors. Now, the open doors have lots of money in front of them. So who cares? Yeah. But that is a good point.
1: If if it's money thereafter, I'm sure that it opens up those kind of opportunities. But in terms of roles down the line, I don't know that it's always beneficial. And in fact, even I think the agency and management circus for circuit circus. There's a Freudian slip. (laughs) Circuit for uh for reality is is different it's a different circuit altogether and rarely the twain shall meet except if a manager is is looking out for um collaboration deals and stuff like that so i think it is quite a different world but i still think i'm here for the hustle if the hustle is so hard and that's one of the things that COVID has taken away is the hustle And that has been, it's been interesting to see, say on the OC where they've been, they've, they've shown what they've filmed since lockdown, how they've been continuing to maintain their lives and who's just been pretending it's not happening in that. And it was interesting then with Atlanta when Nini went into this business and started to get acting roles and stuff. And it was like, and she's actually good. And it was like, yeah, okay. So it can work in reverse. It's just, it's kind of a fascinating trade-off.
0: You're right and it's like there's no I guess straight line and I think it's funny too because I feel like when reality TV first really took a hold in the early 2000s and they would do a celebrity version of something there was always this sense that oh, only washed up husbands do it or former yeah. like child stars whereas now it's like depending on who you are it can be a huge career boost or you can just be I mean there's a plenty of I guess, actors and, and like people who did film and television who just now hop from reality show to
1: reality show. And you're like, well, it's a check, so it's still a gig. It's a check and it keeps you in people's minds. And the worst thing that can happen when you're in, it's not even about celebrity, but when you're in... The public eye in any way when you do something that's in the public eye so even if you're an actor even a theater actor you still have to be on stage to be doing your thing um yeah out of sight is out of mind very often and I think a lot of people do it not just for the checks but to stay in people's minds to have visibility and th- that is a big risk because you do become visible but it is uh it's um It's something that I think some people figure is worth that risk. And it's going to be interesting over time to see how all that plays out. It's all sort of smoothing out a little bit now, I think. I think you're right that in the early 2000s, reality TV was very, very separate. And now the lines are blurring, particularly as things become more scripted. And we demand a little bit of a narrative as audiences. We're quite sophisticated. God be with the days of the early days of Big Brother, where we would have have parties and sit in each other's flats and watch people sleeping. In, yeah. a yeah. in a house or they'd eat- London.
0: <laughs> yeah, eating a bowl of Rice Krispies and going, I think I like Lisa, do you? It was yeah. literally so mundane. And now it's like the Big Brother, they're like, Okay, do a trapeze backwards, and then you're not gonna have food in the house for a week and go. Like it's just yeah. we as an you're right, as an audience have become so like, we need more, we need more.
1: We need a story, and there's something we're sophisticated watchers, you know, and we need a story. And also our scripted telly has got so good. I feel like reality TV has had to sort of uh, up its own game. So that's that's another correlation where I think the lines are blurring a little bit. It's not just pointing a camera at people anymore.
0: And what do you think about, I mean, you mentioned there a, a while ago, like for example, like Lisa Rin and the hustle and, and for women in showbiz, once they get to quote unquote a certain age, obviously there is a lot of ageism and, and sexism they battle against. Do yeah. you think housewives in a way has leveled the playing field in that it shows that audiences will watch women of all ages or do you think it just creates this thing where it's like a certain kind of quote unquote older woman will work because she's had work done and she's a reality star?
1: I think there's an insecurity about that you have to have work done and it's something I'm I've always said I would hold out as long as I could if it ever was sort of put in front of me and and kind of try and look like I look and uh, and yeah. see what roles. I think it was Frances McDormand who said years ago, she said, I'm I'm going to hold out against the work. And uh, at some stage, I'm going to be the only 60-year-old woman who looks 60, and I'll get yeah. all that work. <laughs> um, yeah. I get all that acting work. And I thought, there's something in that. And there's, there's a, you know, I don't judge anyone who has work. I'm just scared. I would be scared to have it. A, I wouldn't sort of have the budget, and B, I'd be scared of it. But I think people look amazing. With it. So fair play, absolutely fair play. I think there is an expectation in LA sometimes that you would have it and that it's just the norm after a certain age. And that is quite sad to me that it's an expectation rather than a choice. Um, Yes. But sure, there there are other things. There are other standards. that they say in LA, don't go for a meeting unless you've just had a fresh manicure and uh, and your hair's blow dried professionally. Don't like really, yeah, yeah. So even for a straight role, like a kind of a non glam role, just just to level up. And so it's um, it's 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 something to keep an eye on, I think. And it's something that as as people age, we're going to have to contend with the fact that even people who aren't in the public eye. Um, are, are having all kinds of corrective work or will only put out curated photographs and that we are yeah. losing sight of what people just look like with age and with gra- the effects of gravity, etc. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all that good stuff, you know, the thing that holds us on the planet. Yeah, sometimes there are some drawbacks. <laughs> um, but it's... it's. um yeah, it's not something I plan to do, but I will never say never to anything, as we, we touched on earlier. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but it's something that I do feel, sometimes I feel a little sad when I see certain faces change because I thought they looked great already. But then I also go, fair play. That is your choice and you look fantastic. Um, yes, now back to you. Sorry, that was a big meander off your question, but your question was, <laughs> <laughs> do, do I think it's leveled the playing field? In some ways, yeah, because people always used to say, like we've all seen the sort of the 55-year-old guy and the 25-year-old co-star and all that. And yeah, it is lucky yeah. to see that a story is a story and it doesn't matter what age group the, the protagonists are. If the story's good and they're fascinating, that's all you need. Um, and, you know, we all love a bit of glam. So if someone is going to go to all that trouble, have the high glam, all sorts of uh, up to and including surgery, fair play. And thank you for the glam.
0: Yeah, it's funny in a way, like sometimes I watch, particularly I just think of Real Housewives in New York and when there's a season where they're all single and they're all, I know Leah is a lot younger and she's a recent addition, but there was a period where they were all kind of 50 plus women out having, getting a bit pissed and meeting fellas and having a grand old time. And I thought, in a way, like when a scripted, movie or TV series does that unless it's say The Golden Girls or like even Sex and City a lot of them were 35 year old characters even though they the show has endured you're like you probably wouldn't get a scripted show about a, a group of women this age in New York doing this like in a weird way reality TV definitely can be called up for the use of stereotypes or lazy kind of assumptions about women but then in a way sometimes it can down a door And go Yeah we all love Watching these yeah. gas yeah. Women do a screwball comedy About their horny lives Age 50 plus Like it's a
1: funny thing Yeah like guess what They have sex And it's not a punchline um, Yes Yes I, I've talked about this before And it's like You know the idea that Ooh Ooh Nana Ooh Nana had sex Ooh Ah uh, Did you take your teeth out <laughs> And it's like No <laughs> Listen Nana has moves You might not like to think about it But Nana's got moves Nana didn't have television Nana's got moves you haven't even thought about so you know let nana off and if nana wants to have a cocktail before she goes off to do it that's great so yeah i think there is definitely something in that what always surprises me then is they're often they're doing it and they're living their best lives even if it's not their best lives it's the best crack lives and they're just go- going out and doing it and then they'll come in and slut shame each other
0: <laughs> like yes, why yes why are you doing yes that? and i i was talking about this i think it was with uh god sorry people who listen sir but like oh, can you not remember i think it was Emer McLeish actually we're talking about how you watch, say, Sonia Ramona act like teenagers, which in a way you're like, amazing. How rebellious of you. You're quote-unquote older, but you don't give a fuck. But then they would be like, Leah has a tattoo. How hideous. Like, that's almost the fun of it. In some ways, they benefit from the liberation that has come before them and they take all that on and have a laugh. And then also, they act out a lot of the pressures that are put on women on each other. And people go, all these shows about catfighting. But I'm also like, they're kind of about the way in which you know these pressures don't go away and how they can turn on other women is actually really fascinating
1: well it's also that sort of class thing where they're all trying to be in this notional upper class and um it's sort of like it is only notional it's a made-up thing as all these things are anyway and and money helps people in and out of these things but it's like that this whole cult of civility and sort of like, we have to be cordial. That that word, just my favorite housewives word, uh, cordial cordial just be cordial and they're like slapping the heads off each other but being cordial then cordial (laughs) at an event and it's that sort of cult of civility that civility is all civility is everything and none of them are civil to each other and they're all for letting their hair down and why wouldn't they and why shouldn't they but then they will slap the heads off each other metaphorically by going that was very uncivil and uh, still having this kind of we are Upper East Siders you know we are we're park residents and you're like yeah. "Ah!" Uh, it's it's such a made up thing and it is really interesting when they push against that that sort of very deeply conservative thing and then when they they use it to their advantage to slap someone else down it is fascinating
0: yeah for sure and civility and the cord, the cordial thing is, cordial. So, is so yeah I, I can actually hear Ramona saying that like I, I, I was nice Bethany I was nice okay and you're like you weren't nice at all like yeah. you're right God and each city takes on in different ways and like on Beverly Hills like a slight kind of misdemeanor of etiquette or civility will be a season-long storyline then on Atlanta they will gladly read each other down for filth trying to go I love you girl love you too and they'll hug and I'm like I kind of prefer that vibe where a little bit of like shade and reading comes out and it clears the air and then you can keep it going also it's better storylines because we get more action
1: <laughs> well how and how interesting is it that in terms of what has been happening lately in terms of of american politics the women from atlanta have come out and and stood up like candy has been hosting fundraisers uh, for Stacey abrams and people like that and it's like um it's it's they, they've had their money where their mouth is. They've gone. So they love to have that great big blowout and that sort of the quick forgiveness, but then they seem to be really getting on in the real world with stuff that actually counts. That's been interesting to watch. And uh, I've, I've been away from the Atlanta the Atlanta gals for quite some time, um, but I've just been dipping back in when I had heard that they were all, not all, but most many of them were very active in Black Lives Matter and in in campaigning recently in the presidential elections and uh, it's kind of been like wow there's 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 a lot to be said for that
0: i've chatted about this with a previous guest as well and i do think well i'm always a bit loath to be like oh it's so great that brands have come on to end racism i do think (laughs) it's you know i hate being like corporations are gonna say this because they won't no they They won't. won't but it is it is interesting when mainstream entertainment like reality shows actually does put a flag in the sand and say we are going to stand on this side and talk about this and has been it's there's stuff about this season with Atlanta so far i'm not enjoying that's just bog standard they haven't figured out the storyline for so and so but in terms of them discussing black lives matter i was like yep lean on in don't run away from this if this scares susan and karen middle america white woman i don't really care these women have been the highest rated housewife show up until this year but generally for over a decade they deserve to have a little bit of more weight to their storylines if they need to
1: well here's the thing it's impossible to avoid it and georgia did flip in this last election and that's largely due to the the campaigning of black women in the state and it's like that that can't be denied That's that's reality that is reality and that's been happening this year and it's just kind of It's interesting to watch the way that um, as well. So we're talking about how people often do reality TV to give their career a bump, their celebrity a bump rather, Um, maybe not an acting career, but maybe they want to sell something or whatever. They give it a bump. They want a bump in popularity. It is unreal how, in any business in the public eye, speaking out at all about anything, you will be asked not to. You will be told not to. You will be you will lose things because of it. Um, just the what even even regardless of the content, the being outspoken at all can get you smacked down and told no, don't back in your box. You must do just the popular funny things. Go and be over there uh, throwing a drink in someone's face. But don't you dare talk about something political something you care about they've done it anyway and you have to say fair facts like that's just a fantastic thing
0: yeah for sure and I think in a way it shows that the we mentioned our audiences are sophisticated and I actually think particularly now we all watch so much television scripted unscripted reality or otherwise and I think people will go there if they're particularly in reality because you do kind of as much as their archetypes they're people who are putting their lives out there and we do like I'm rooting for Porsche and Candy in particular they have gone on real Journeys on the show itself And as a viewer I've like I've watched both these people For seasons of TV Actually evolve To the point where In Candy's case She can fundraise For political candidates Or in Portia's case She can actually stand In the shoes Of her grandfather's legacy After years of them Joking about her Blunders and her mishaps And her misquotes About you know Other things And now she's actually No I'm a grown woman I'm a mother And I care about this And what it'll do And mean for my children as well So I don't know I think you can have both I love that they're Like shady as hell And and fabulous And why not both And then they also Actually give a shit About the world around them I I think you can do both And it can still be a fun Like entertaining show as well
1: i want a full-rounded thing we be it a book be it a tv show be it a person in my life and i'm i I, i'm i think we're pigeonholing less i hope we are and i think yeah why can't it be both you can care about two things at once you can care uh, if you're on one of those shows about making sure you have a storyline for the next year and you can also care about politics that directly affect yourself and your family and i'm i'm here for it connor why not both Why not go
0: changing tacks slightly, but I I am curious. I feel like you might have some insight on this. You've obviously done loads of comedy over the years, but I know you did stand up at one point in your career and you still write funny stuff. You make sketches. Comedy is a part of what you do. You've worked with comedians. You know comedy. You get it. There are plenty of people on Housewives, some of whom are intentionally funny and some of whom are unintentionally funny. Are there anyone? Are there any particular Real Housewives where you're like, She's actually very funny now. I'll give her that now. She's a bit gas.
1: Well, look at Nini. She went from unscripted comedy to scripted comedy and she was brilliant in both. And I, I know she doesn't always, she might not always be the easiest person to have in a room. There there can be an unpredictability, but she's so funny. And I think she's very much in control of her persona on on the Housewives show. And she was very much in control as an actor. I know, I don't know any stories from set, what she was like to work with, um, but she did, wasn't it the, the new the new normal? Wasn't it the Ryan Murphy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was great in it. And she had control of her timing in that situation as well. So in terms of pure comedy, again, I don't know what she was like to work with, but she um, she was in control of what she was doing in front of the camera, That we the result we saw anyway. And so I would say, yeah, she's a great comedy performer. I think Bethany can be very funny. But I think she has, um, she has a style. She just keeps talking. That's her style. And uh, <laughs> yes. It's like yes, some of it, some of it is great gags. Some of it's very quick witted, great gags, really well crafted, great gags. And some of it is just the air is so full and the rhythm is so great because rhythm is a lot of comedy. And um And sometimes I feel like, oh, people laugh just because there was a there was a pause. And (laughs) yes, and the rhythm was so beautifully, perfectly pitched and beautifully, perfectly done. And uh, yeah, I think she's very skilled and very talented. I do think sometimes, though, some of it is the is style over substance in terms of comedic delivery.
0: Yeah. And I've always felt with Bethany, like Bethany will. Say something genuinely funny on the show Either in an interview or with one of them But she also thinks she's so funny She thinks she is like a yeah. comedian And I'm like <laughs> Betsy you're someone who's a bit funny Sometimes like it's oftentimes, and I maybe you have noticed this being in America For work and stuff I think Irish people are as a rule very funny Because we naturally each up at rhythm We have a natural way of kind of making fun of each other And we'll send ourselves up And sometimes I watch Betsy and I go You wouldn't last 10 minutes in Dublin Because you're actually not that funny You're just quick like
1: <laughs> very quick she's very quick-witted she's so smart um and i think sometimes that is then and sometimes it's shock value it's not necessarily a good joke it's shot the shock yeah. factor and again i think audiences are moving on from that now i'd love to see what she would write if she were to write some comedy she's very very quick-witted but i don't know that it's always as funny as people make out so much as people do laugh but partly it's gonna kind of, oh I can't believe she went there. And again, even here as well, I think we're not as lulled into that. We are, we're always saying fecking everything. So. it's very hard to shock us in lots of ways we've this this reputation as quite a conservative country and maybe we were before but the way we got around that was by laughing at it all behind it's it's all behind our own backs so i don't think there's much that you can say for that sort of shock value laugh anymore here and i think we want something we want something a little more um more rounded we're back to rounded rounded and why not both those are my takeaways from this Chat.
0: We touched on one of your a, a trope in the shows of civility and cordial and words like that. Are there any other housewives tropes that you are fascinated by that stick out to you that maybe grind your gears? I mean whether it's fake apologies, someone packing what they always focus on, what they order, there's so many little oh, things. Well the
1: ritual of the ordering is hilarious and I think there is so much pressure now on the ordering that it's, it's getting more and more common that whoever's the second housewife, especially if it's a two-hander they are two people meeting for a tete-a-tete over lunch that the um the first housewife will go um I'll have the radicchio and the uh grilled arugula and um and then the other housewife will go Oh, that sounds good. I'll have the same.
0: (laughs) They always go, oh, yeah, and I'll do that with a side of black or they'll just be like, I'll just have a salad. You're like, OK, they didn't want to do the whole rigmarole.
1: Because I think there is a lot of pressure because we are all I do sit up and go, what are they going to (gasps) get? What are they going to get? And I think there's a lot of unspoken pressure in there. And I think that's why we're now seeing quite a lot of I'll just, yeah, same. Um, I love the ordering. It's one of my faves um the uh, calling everything a cocktail like i would you like a cocktail um and then yeah i think it's time for a cocktail i really need i've had a really stressful day i need a cocktail and it's like a vodka with ice in it and it's like we just call that a a drink a vodka (laughs) you know like a but i want now if i'm having a a cup of tea at five o'clock i want to call it a cocktail now i want i want in on that little ritual I think my favorite thing slash bugbear is the uh, is the thing I mentioned slightly earlier or briefly earlier is like, uh, oh, yeah, no, I uh, I was wondering if you ladies, I wanted to get to know you better. So I was wondering if you want to come to my ski lodge next week for an impromptu and sort of like early on, early on in the series, it will be a short trip. And then late in the series, it'll be the three days in Mexico or uh, or um, Hawaii we know the formula now and it is so interesting to me to see them doing it with a straight face introducing that thing that we all know is supposed to happen has to happen at this point and they do it with a straight face as if they've just had the idea and as if all the others haven't had it in their diaries for t- the last two years it just cracks me up and I'm amazed at how it doesn't crack them up a fair play on the acting chops
0: right like it is funny isn't it? because you know that like certain events are planned by the wives to the point where like because they know it's part of their arc and they need to handle themselves but the cast trip particularly the main cast trip we know that that's chosen by production because production wants to clear five days in Mexico and get a villa sorted and pay for it and everything yeah some years the way they try and crowbar in the reason why they're going on the trip it is you're right it's always the point where (laughs) it's always a point where they're all like really trying to sell you like even the season they went to ireland and megan king Edmonds was like i really want to um go back there and meet my ancestors (laughs) question mark to you and they're like i would love to go to ireland i'm like shannon bedore does not want to go to ireland i
1: really want to walk up and down the promenade in bray and ask people (laughs) if they're related to me
0: (laughs) you're just like oh my god it's so like because i'm sure if it was up to them they'd all go to the same place every year where they maybe have a place already or they know a guy yeah when that you're right that is one that always cracks me up the i want to go to They look down with their hand we're going to paris okay yeah it's paris this year guys like or the year they went to tokyo and atlanta i was like who came up with this Like, it's just, it's just hilarious.
1: Actually, I have a weird weird little LA story. So at one stage, Carl was at a meeting. So I went into the Roosevelt Hotel and I sat up at the bar by myself and I ordered a cocktail. And this guy was sitting at the bar and he was waiting for his pal. So I was waiting for Carl. He was waiting for his pal. And we had this lovely chat. And I said, what do you do? And he said... I work on the hills. And I was like, (gasps) we need to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It was a proper Hollywood kind of, okay, this is, this is. So I was just asking and he was saying there's loads they leave out. They do just go, there are things that they do to kind of make people look better, not always look worse. And it was just really interesting to hear that the script, things happen. And then the scripting often happens afterwards. It's not so much that people sit down with a script and make things happen. Yeah, but that they will find out what storylines are popping and just pull it that way or edit it that way. So it was just, it was just really interesting. And he was, he was very cool. It was, it was a great old chap, But I was like, i I've, I've, an angel brought me here tonight. An angel. God, I would actually
0: weep. I think I would be. I would probably <laughs> chain that man to the bar and be like you're gonna tell me everything. <laughs> Do does Audrina really like Lauren? I be like hammering him with questions. <laughs> then you're probably like. And is there a role for an Irish woman on this show? There,
1: uh, an older Irish woman. Um, <laughs> could she come in and be perhaps a sort of Mary Poppins character? <laughs> <laughs> on the hills of all things. Yes. Now, girls, <laughs> stop it, Pip. Lauren, come along. <laughs> pick up your pick up your laundry. <laughs> come on, Lauren. And you've got you've got a cocktail. cocktails in four minutes. <laughs>
0: My God, I love how you went full British accent, pitching yourself as an Irish person for a show. <laughs> You're like, this'll really get him. We the all Downson know Abbey voice.
1: <laughs> we all know that all nannies are Mary Poppins, so it doesn't matter if she's from Kinsale, like I am, or if she's from, <laughs> or if she's from from Bowbells themselves.
0: You've mentioned you've mentioned being in LA and bopping around there. I mean, have you ever had a Real Housewives run-in or via social media or one in person or anything?
1: I was on a plane with Nene Leakes. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Jesus is right. And I only noticed as we were disembarking. So I'm sure we were in different areas of the plane. <laughs> so it was in the aisle. And I kind of saw... Um, I kind of noticed the hairstyle was sort of short hairstyle. She was rocking a few years ago because I suppose it was 2014 or 2015. It must have been 2014, actually. And I was kind of like, that looks like, that looks like (gasps) It's nearly legs, it's nearly legs. So I couldn't say anything. As usual, what happens to me when I get awestruck in any way, good or bad, I'm dumbstruck. So I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, uh, quietly to myself. And I was flying by myself, so I couldn't even grab someone's elbow and go, "Yes, oh my God, are you seeing this? It was was just, it was was a moment. And it was a really strange thing because in the business that I'm in, you do kind of meet people that you've seen before and haven't met before. You do meet them, you can end up working with them or they're friends of a friend. So they might be someone you know from telly, but you, you end up meeting them. And it's not that unusual so you you know maybe not an a-lister but you'd get to know people from around but then there's something about reality tv where there's no I certainly wouldn't have any route or access to it this was that moment of oh my god I'm in the television I'm in yes, the telly. yes. I'm in the telly. so it was it was fabulous and she was fabulous she did not disappoint she was You know, cash for her flight, but she was glam AF. She was, she was Nene. It was, she was right there in front of me. I was in heaven.
0: I would be so shook. And you actually, it's funny you mentioned seeing a real housewife in the flesh in real life and how that is to me i would be much more starstruck seeing someone from real housewives in new york than i would jennifer aniston like i would be like oh wow that's so cool it's jennifer aniston but if i saw sonia morgan i think i would actually have to go and lie down somewhere (laughs) it's just because they're like famous they're obviously famous in their own way but also you've followed them for so long and you know their story and you and it's you feel like you know celebrities in general but with those celebrities you feel like you really know them so i yeah i think you've hit on something there there's something and you see it with like jennifer lawrence met luann and bethany and watch what happens live and she was shook or sarah paulson met one of the dorinda i think and she lost her mind i think even for a-listers yeah the reality stars exist in this other they're like that they are the people in the TV and people just lose their minds.
1: Well, you're right. We feel like we know them and we know it's curated and we know it's edited and we know that that even people's own Instagram accounts are curated. We know that we only show each other what we are feel able to or what we mm-hmm. want to. And I think that's a good boundary to have. So um, I, I think it can create unreal expectations and people only show the sort of fun side of things. But by the same token, I, I think there's something... There are good boundaries for the account holder in it. And and when we see The Real Housewives, we know it's curated, but we sort of feel like it's an unreal existence. It's an unreal that they might not even be real. And then when you see them in real life, it's like, there they are. They are real. Yes. I guess what yeah. it means, Connor, is that dreams can come true, and that we should <laughs> never stop believing, and uh, that that life can be that just never give up. Never give up. Follow your dream.
0: <laughs> follow your dream, and you too could see Nene Leakes yeah. from afar in a plane. On a plane, and just quietly say to yourself,
1: "It's really her." <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs>
0: God, I would, I'm, you actually probably kept your cool better than I would have, to be fair. Um. Okay, this is something I love to ask people because it's a game people play about Housewives anyway, but you get the call tomorrow, they say, Flynn, you're on board, you're doing real Housewives, we need a tagline. What are you coming up with?
1: I've, I've had time to think about this, so we can try and improvise more if you want, but I think the one <laughs> I've settled on is, um, you can take the girl out of Cork but you'll never put a cork in me. Um, That's good. Thanks very much.
0: That's good. Much. That's good. You
1: just know that that character, she's going to say something at a certain point. She's probably going to cry into her linguine and she's, you know, not going to disappoint on that level.
0: That's a great one. It reminds you a little bit of um, on Real Houses in Melbourne. this is one chick called janet and janet has this kind of gravelly voice and she's a bit mad she's like oh i'm Janice roach blah, blah, blah. she's real like kind of gobby in the, and i mean that in the best possible way one season her tagline was if you're offended by what i'm saying you should see what i'm thinking and i was just like that's really good Ooh, that is <laughs> that's great. a good that's up there with like best taglines for me that's very good no i i see i always think you have to pay off of your either your profession or what you're known for or where you're from yeah so i think Playing in Cork, that's that has a Sonia Morgan energy to it. That I oh, thank you,
1: thank you. I'm so touched that you would say that. Thank
0: you, every performer stream feedback. You are really giving me Sonia Morgan's like. Thank you for me to
1: hear that after all I've done in my career.
0: No, I'm honestly so touched. Another thing I love to ask on this show, and it has pro- it has honestly thrown up some extremely interesting <laughs> answers, particularly in recent episodes, um, but you're having a dinner party tomorrow. You can have five people from Real Housewives. So it could be five Real Housewives. It could be friends of, it could be hobbies, but five people from that world are coming to yours for dinner. Who are you inviting and why?
1: I have not been able to narrow this down. It's just impossible. <laughs> it's an impossible question. But I figure I'll just have to go with my gut. I haven't written this down or anything, so I don't know. Um, But I think Nini, I would have to ask her, did she she notice me on that flight? Um, (laughs) First of all, first things first. Was the reason she didn't talk to me all or what? Um, (laughs) um, I um, I think Kyle and Garcelle. And Rinna, I know that's a lot of, that's a lot of Beverly Hills, but they're, they're working in the biz and that's, yeah, all those, those are working in the biz. And Candy, I have a real soft spot for Candy from Atlanta and same same i like really
0: root for her in a way i root for f- so few of them in a in a real way if you know what i mean like i really am there for candy i'm like there's something about you you seem like a really decent hardworking
1: person yeah and the thing is i've just gone with my i've really gone with my heart there connor so i just <laughs> that was off the top of my head so i know i haven't even touched on jersey or any of the other um franchises but it's like Uh, yeah those are the ones that popped into my head and I think it is that they do they are still working in the fields that they have always worked in and they still do seem to do things in in the so-called real world and they're kind of fascinating to me as well Kyle Richards you know I've followed her since uh, Little House in the Prairie times we're about the same age and to me that's one of the things I adore about her and something I'd love to ask her at a dinner party would be she has been in not just uh, the business, not just a child star, but a child star in the 70s. And, and yet every now and again, she'll go, oh, my God, they what? They, they smoked dope. Uh, so I kind of go, Kyle. Yes. You've seen everything. <laughs> you've seen <laughs> yes. Everything. So don't pretend to be shocked. She does the best shocked face ever. They what? Two women kissed? And it's like, Kyle, you you know about all this. Come on. But she's great value because of that. Everything is a big surprise and new and wonderful. And I'd love to ask her. I'd love to go, come on, tell us the stories. Tell us the stories.
0: Yeah. And I feel like um, If Carla was in a relaxed Not cameras up kind of situation And you said her, Leveled with her and said Look I'm an actor too What was it really like I think she actually would spill I think her and Lisa Rinna Would be good gossips I think Garcelle would be Would have great insight And a sense of humour And she'd have an overall view So I think if you're going to have Beverly Hills cast members Those three are going to deliver In a dinner party situation
1: I think so too And I'd just love to hear about their their stay, stay, stayability, their stick to to quote yeah. the simple, their reinvention of themselves and their capacity to stay working. It's awesome. Yeah and
0: actually even Garcelle because Garcelle obviously is quite well known and then she she did Eyes this year and I think it kind of gave her that inevitable extra bit of attention that they get from the show and people have been, I've seen people on Instagram sharing like red carpet photos of, of Garcelle in the early 90s and you know when she was on Jamie Foxx's show so mm-hmm. she's like photographed with him and you just realise God, you've worked with everyone. You were there in the 90s in your 20s looking absolutely unreal and you're still killing it now. Like there is something to be said for the people who maintain a career for that long.
1: Maintaining a career, staying in it. Whenever people talk about making it, they're thinking about A-list stuff. They're thinking about the trappings. They're thinking about red carpets and that sort of thing. And very often making it in the acting world is staying in it. They say that the average, this is a, a statistic I heard years and years ago when I was starting out, but the average people stay in the business is six years. The average amount of wow. is six years. So when you factor in the fact that people work other jobs or always, people almost always have another, a sideline of some kind, it can be acting related or it might not be. And, when you factor that in and still people leave after six years it is incredible when people are reinventing and still going into their 50s and 60s and 70s and I have to stand up and applaud them I am like
0: you go good work girls I'm so proud of all of you for achieving
1: at this party tonight thank you I'm proud of all of you now make way for me Because (laughs) you're like, (laughs) if there's one thing I can tell you, it's that you can take the girl out of cork, but you can't put a cork in me. Thank you. Thank you.
0: (laughs) That's your like impromptu speech. And they're all like dabbing their eye with the corner of the napkin. That's a a housewife's trope I love when they cry, but they don't want to ruin the makeup. So they're like frantically dabbing at the eye. Yeah. really makes me laugh.
1: Yeah. No. And never, never a, a drop of snot. Never, no, no unattractive crying only beautiful on-camera crying it is a skill in itself and I again applause
0: yeah it's not one I have but I do love to see it
1: and you know you know you said
0: you couldn't have jersey you didn't fit in jersey but like you could get them to cook amazing Italian food and they could kind of hang out on the side a bit that's you know he worked them in that I
1: don't think I would uh, relegate any of them to the kitchen they are too much (laughs) crack it's just a bit full-on and I think that sort of Again, that sort of cat among the pigeons casting, that sort of, I want to have Danielle who will just say anything. I'm sort oh of over that sort of stuff. I want, I don't necessarily want a smooth ride. I don't necessarily want people to be all getting on. But by the same token, when that overly contrived, uh, I, you've got wrinkles on the back of your knees, uh, you know, just you know, chill out, have a drink, and yeah. we'll get to the and good stuff after those after the second course.
0: <laughs> yes, it's funny actually. What you mentioned Danielle because when they brought her back on Jersey, in a way, I was like, "This is such fan wish fulfillment." We have wanted her back for years, and then you realise actually, as you say, the show has actually changed. These shows have changed, and her mode of operating of just always being on the attack actually doesn't sustain itself past an episode or two you're kind of like what are you doing here you're just mean for no reason you know like it's fun for like one episode and then you're like this is actually exhausting
1: well it's one note and we do as much as we know it's scripted and all that we want to feel like we're being let in a little bit and when it's all a performance though we are aware of how much of it is when it's all a performance we feel a bit cheated i think so that's Good luck, everyone. Find that balance for us. We're here waiting for the next steps.
0: What is next for you on your Real Housewives journey? Will you keep up with certain shows weekly in the new year? Are you going to go back maybe and rewatch a season you haven't seen? Is there a show you've been meaning to get around to? Or is it the kind of thing you might leave for a while and come back
1: no, to? No, I'm definitely diving straight into some Housewives over January because we're back in this horrible lockdown and I think everyone is feeling it. But particularly if you've been doing live work, I'm very lucky that some of my stuff is recorded and I write a lot more these days. So I'm able to do those from home. Live work is gone. Theater work is gone for the moment. Filming is happening sometimes with a bit of extra hoo-ha. It's going to be a year where there there is going to be a lot of at home downtime. And who better to spend it with than my ladies? So <laughs> I think Melbourne, I have never seen. So I'm going to. Yeah. Are you yes. excited for me?
0: Melbourne is like New York meets Beverly Hills in terms of it's glam like Beverly Hills. They're very raw and sweary like New York. And then also there's just the factor that they are Australian women doing a reality show. And so culturally it's so different. And they also don't censor the swearing. So by episode two, you're like, Jesus, I've never heard the C word more. Like, it's hilarious. They're so... Foul mouthed And I mean that in a good way. Into obviously. it,
1: into it, very into it. I'm as I said, dipping my toes into Salt Lake City. So I'll continue with that. And then I'll see who gets their productions done the quickest. And I'll be back to back and in, in my loyal way, my fangirl way to New York and Beverly Hills, probably. But I think uh Atlanta is absolutely fascinating at the moment. So that might nudge its way up the ladder a lot this year.
0: I've been saying this to people because there's people in the last six months who binged a ton of real housewives which is great because it's very bingeable but i actually love the ritual of watching it weekly there's something about eking out the 40 minutes of one city on a monday night and then like i actually really enjoy it because it's like a little slice of escapism and then you have to wait the week and because you can binge so many other things it's not like i don't have stuff to watch so it's like i do there's something about housewives weekly that i really enjoy
1: right and then you can spend the rest of the week pretending to be them uh just in the supermarket and going, I wonder <laughs> yes. how they're. I wonder what they're doing now I wonder how they are right now Are they sleeping? Are they okay? Have they eaten?
0: I just imagine your whole life as a real So you're like at the till And they're like, do you have ID for that wine? And they cut to you going, I couldn't believe That at the supermarket they asked me for ID oh, I've
1: been coming my here
0: god. for years
1: uh, Oh my god I had my mask on I had my mask on And they asked for my ID uh, Oh my god I could not. I'm really. You're giving. That's giving
0: me Kyle. That's really giving me Kyle.
1: <laughs> oh, so listen. Yeah, no. My, I think life is a bit of a. All our soap opera activities have gone. They've gone. So yes, we're going to need yes. the ladies more than ever this year, and I'm very happy they're there.
0: And what about your own? I mean, I know you've mentioned things are very different for everybody work-wise right now. But if people want to. Check out some of your work, or follow you on social media or that kind of thing. Where are the best places people can find you? Well,
1: I'm only on Instagram. That's my only socials. Uh, Tara Flynn IRL. That's Ireland. Or people said, "Is it Ireland or in real life?" And I'm like, "It's it's whichever one you wanted to be, love." It was the only thing available that had Tara Flynn, and it still that didn't have 79 numbers after it. So Tara Flynn IRL, and I have a website, TaraFlynn.ie which won't be updated too much this year because of current circumstances. But I'm working on something at the moment that the, the Abby did a thing called the engine room in December where it gave a startup, basically a sort of a, a sort of a leg up to some projects that might happen next year. There's no guarantees, but I was working on something, writing something that Philly McMahon of this is pop baby was uh, across for me in terms of direction and an outside eye. So let's see where that goes, because I'll be working on that now going forward and and seeing who knows where it'll land, but I was really grateful to the Abbey for that leg up. Um, there, were, there were 34 other projects, so they really did a great service to people who work in theatre. It was such an amazing thing to do. So just that bit of support made all the difference and we'll see where it goes. It has, it's had a little starter now, but let's see where it ends up and I'll be working away on it regardless. So that's what January will be. And after that, we'll have to see what way the world turns and when those vaccines come and hopefully getting theaters open, cinemas open and getting sets back up and running will be, will be happening. And then the world will be our oyster
0: listen and if all else fails we'll get the real housewives of cork up and running and you can be the lisa vanderpump
1: honest to god i would (laughs) don't even tempt me with that i would just like i'll i'll have to up my diamond game
0: (laughs) you suddenly have a toy dog under your arm and carl's like i don't remember it's for the show it's for the show
1: it's for the show everything's for the show
0: Well, we will keep an eye out for all your projects. People can find you on Instagram, of course. And whether or not the, the Real Housewives of Cork happens, Tara Flynn, it was a thrill to talk to you about all things Real Housewives you too. today. too.
1: What an honour. Thank you for having me.
0: That was Tara Flynn on Housewives and Me. That was, I mean, I cannot believe she saw Nini on a plane. That alone, hello. That alone, I'm so jealous. Who wouldn't want their own, like, Nini leak sighting? Like, come on. I know Nini's kind of... I had a bit of a fall from grace with Atlanta the last season or so, but, like, she's still legendary, still reality TV gold. Like, I think I would be shook if I saw her in person, or any of the main Real Housewife stars, or frankly, even a friend of. Thank you so much for listening, as always. We will be back next Tuesday with another brand new episode. If you would like to follow the show on social media, you can do so on at Housewives and Me on both Instagram and Twitter. And if you enjoy the show today and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating or review. It's such a help to get the word out about independent, uh, self-made podcasts, basically, because it's just me putting this together at the moment. And if you enjoy the show, you can subscribe. As you mentioned, to new episodes come out every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon.